Welcome back to the seventh and final part of a white gray black manga book club discussion of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind by Hayao Miyazaki. My name is Bruce. I am joined once again by my absolute worm handler of a co-host, Gautam. The spirits of the forest be with you. We have now read and completed Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, and what a ride it has been. Um, this was... 12 years of Hayao Miyazaki's life writing this. He made five movies while writing this manga. Uh, I think it was 82 to 94, I believe is the publication date here. Um, I didn't read, I read a little bit of sort of, oh, what inspired it before we started it. Now that we finished it, I went and read a little bit more online. Um, A lot of people compare this to something like Dune. Uh, And I would say that's maybe the most apt comparison i can imagine this is very dune like fantasy i would say it's very kind of yeah nihilistic actually, uh, it's, it's a- quite quite reminiscent there are giant bugs uh they had an ender's game type of ending too mm-hmm. uh all, all very good interesting just a just a fucking great manga i, I yeah. get the dune comparison and it's it's influences real quick um are maybe more more widespread than we even knew when I first did research. Um, The creators of Final Fantasy who made Chocobo, we've been joking about it, they directly just say out loud, like, oh yeah, Chocobo based on the horse claws from Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, right? Because it predates Final Fantasy. The author of Panzer Dragoon games say that it's thing. If you've played Metal Slug 3, one of the first bosses is just an Omu. Like, the Nausicaa in... Japanese culture is prevalent. This is an important piece of media. And now that we've finished it, I can definitely say solidly it is important. It is quality. It has things to say. Um, and it's very, very good. Uh, and uh, the, the creator of Evangelion, of course, we discussed yes. how he worked as a key animator, but on the, the movie. Uh, but he, he stated that uh, the ending of Nausicaa heavily influenced Evangelion. And honestly, I can see it. You can it see, yeah. I mean, these this whole last part, these whole last two parts, I would say, are very Evangelion-like. Um, bef- we'll save all of the sort of, what is it about? What are the themes? How did we feel about it for the end? Let's get into what happens, because there is a lot that happens. This is an incredibly long part. This is, I think, 210, 220 pages. Well, most of the other parts were 130, 140, 150. So, um, let's go real quick through through what happened in this. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's go through our recap, uh, and I'll I'll save our conversation for the the very end because there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah. So pretty much, we pick up right where we left off. Nausicaa's with her god warrior son. They look badass. The art here is really cool. Um, we get some new info drop here right at the beginning, which is going to be kind of our last. Uh, MacGuffin, our last thing to chase. We learned about the Master of the Crypt and and the Crypt, which is in Shua, the capital, right? Um, I It was funny. I was listening to our last episode and mm-hmm. we, or maybe episode five, and we were pointing out uh, Namulith, the Dorak Emperor. We were like, oh, the endgame baddie is here. The endgame, like, this is him. This is, this is the final guy. It's <laughs> so funny how he turned out to be, like, almost a comic relief character in the end. He was such a shithead. I loved it. Like it's he, great. I, I loved it. Even at the end, he was cracking jokes, uh, making me smile. Um, I, I I enjoyed him. Yeah, he's great. Um, Kushana is demanding from Namalith, like, tell me who the master of the crypt is. He's like, bitch, blow my head off, please. Like, just end me. Um, 
and Kushana's <laughs> like, I'm not going to let you off so easy. Uh, Kushana like drags the top half of his body because he doesn't have legs anymore. And he's just like, I am begging you, Kushana, please kill me. Um, yeah, yeah, the joke stopped after. It's like, so he's so like, funny here. He's just like, but, re- but really though, kill me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the God Warrior uh, starts shooting at the Valley Boys who are flying around, but Nasuka tells him to stop. The beam gets redirected. So this is interesting because it kind of shows his the power that he has over this beam. Um, the God Warrior it's is dark is still side like, beams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the the Death Eyes, whatever those are called. Um, the God Warrior is like, "Where's Mama's enemy? I want to fight for you, Mama." Um, Nasuka says he's like a frustrated child who had his toys taken away. Um, the God Warrior then shoots a beam off for no reason, just kind of at nowhere. It explodes. Um, Namelda says that it's a reject and it can't control its own power. Um, and he's there's lots of cool lines. There's lots of quotes I transcribed directly here. So I'll I'll try to sort of quote those. Uh, but uh, Nemeleth here says, quote, just the companion for a girl who would be a god. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Kushana literally just like tosses aside the top half body of Namalith, asks Nausicaa, is like, hey, what do I need to do to what do I need to do to destroy the God Warrior? Um, and then Yupa shows up and says to Kushana, like, we have to leave it to Nausicaa. Like, it's out of our hands now. She's the protagonist, let her do the protag things. Um Nasuka says she's going to Shua with the God Warrior. And says, quote, we are going to seal the doors of the crypt. So the God Warrior flies off. And this is one of those things that is very Evangelion-like uh, to me. Because it doesn't grow wings. It, like, it gets these weird protrusions on its back that, like, blast this light. And it just kind of, like, hovers and flies away. I. It was tight. It was, like, so it's alien weird. and weird. Yeah. It's so alien I, and I, weird, yeah. And I'm not... Uh, Hayao Miyazaki is not the best action panelist I've ever seen, so I don't know how this is exactly supposed to sort of feel and look, but it, it feels very strange and weird looking at it. So, But it's also very reminiscent of the sort of um, rings of light that they get in the ending chapters of Evangelion that kind of surround the mechs there. So, Yeah. Uh, Kushana gives Nausicaa her cloak. Namalith mentions that this is what the old books meant by, quote, twisting space. So I assume that this light flying thing is like twisting space around. It seems very cool. Um, this light, uh, the God Warrior flies off with this light and, <laughs> the quote, damn light blew me right off the deck. Rest in peace, Namalith. He flies off and he's gone. Um, uh, good exit, man. Uh, he's, make, it's make so one funny. last, uh, crack, uh, one last joke along the way. Love yeah. It. This series is so good about escalating threats because in the start you're like, oh yeah, war, bad people, and the sea of corruption is big. And then it's like, oh, big Dornock warlord, and it gets blown off, and there's something even bigger. Um, so- I, I just love, I, we love Namleth, of course, but I, I actually love the other, uh, the Toromekian emperor too, as, you'll, mm-hmm. as we'll see later. They're both Yeah, weird. we'll get to him at the end. They're, They're weird, both funny and unhinged. They're both crazy, logical. But also crazy, and also like a, a little bit. They're both weirdos, complete weirdos. So, yes, yeah, yeah. I I definitely like them both. Um, the Valley Boys and Kuratawa try to follow Nasuka, but they can't catch up with her. Um, there's a weird scene where instead of like Superman flying or like going vertical, he's just like standing straight up. The God War is just straight like standing up and flying like a I don't know like a bad video game or something. Um, yeah, it's like he's riding like one of those escalators at the airport that just yes, uh, the moving yeah, sidewalks. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly like that. Um, Nausicaa notes something is wrong with this light, 
and we're this is the first time we are hearing about oh some the light might not be good and the darkness might be good uh we're gonna be hearing a lot about this especially in the later half so um, and it's very clear at this point uh or around this point that the god warrior's light is just uh kind of a metaphor for uh the nuclear bomb I definitely um, think it is it is influenced by that. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a weapon it's of mass not destruction. Mass, well, it's a sort of mass, mass destruction. destruction. Yeah, exactly. And the the radiation poisoning they get from the light yep. from the God Warrior, it seems pretty analogous. It definitely, yeah. Radiation poisoning is definitely kind of what I would describe as uh, Nausicaa mentions here that something's happening to the God Warrior. He's not well. His body is kind of deteriorating already. Um so the God Warrior and Nausicaa land high up in the mountains. The God Warrior like passes out and can't move. Nausicaa's also really weak, drained from the, the radiation poisoning, essentially. Um, Nausicaa like, speaks internally and says, um, says she's hoping for the child's death, yet I go on pretending to be his mother. How hurt he would be if he could look inside my heart. Um, darkness inside, light on the outside, more themes, here it comes again. I... This is going to be said, like, this is the second time, and it will be probably go through this 30 times. This ending part is very much into light and darkness and what those mean and where they belong and etc. So get ready for that. Um, so they almost freeze, but the God Warrior makes Nausicaa warm with his light. She says he's such a kind child. Uh, some Tormekian scouts, who are scouts for the uh, brothers of Kashana, the two fat bros who he met, I guess the last part, um, they find the God Warrior is like, nope, lasers him. Uh, Nausicaa tells him to stop. Like, again, very violent, cuts these guys in half. Uh, Nausicaa notes that the God Warrior kind of enjoys itself while it cuts these guys apart, uh, which is interesting. And Nausicaa notes that Teto, Tito, Teto, Teto, uh, is dying because this poison is like, he's like very close to death. Um, the God Warrior is falling apart, and it's really body horror interesting because, like, he has these teeth that look like. I don't know if you caught onto this. The teeth to me look like like missiles or bombs. Like oh, that's, I I didn't put that together. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call out. You're right. I, I don't I don't know if they're meant to be, but that's what they definitely like remind me of. Um, I I, th- I think you're right. I think they they're supposed to be. That, uh, but I didn't I didn't realize until you just mentioned. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, Nausicaa says, "quote It takes more than powers to become a fine person." I wrote parentheses. Get fucked, Shonen. In parentheses, uh, you have to learn how terrible powers can be. With great power comes great responsibility. We got some Spider-Man in here. Um, Hell yeah. uh, She then gives the God Warrior a name. She calls it Oma. So, and as soon as she gives it a name, some weird stuff happens. It immediately becomes way smarter. Uh, It, like, it, like, raises itself up with more, like, power and is, like, Oma is both arbitrator and warrior. Remember, like, Ten minutes ago, this thing was a child and couldn't put together a coherent sentence, and now it's using words like arbitrator. Um, I, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of curious as to why that is. Uh, I, it's not explained. Um, at least a from lot what that I is saw. not explained here. Um, I, yeah, and I think I don't want to be like it's intentional that it isn't explained. I think the truth of the matter is that a lot of this isn't explained because it's not important. It's not super important. What's important is that the God Warrior, in my mind, represents, and we'll finish up at the end with a little bit more of this, the God Warrior, in my mind, represents sort of the human's uh, powers of destruction. Um, And it has to sort of grow and evolve in order to say more about it throughout different kind of times, periods. 
so I, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. It, it does re- represent like human technology and destruction, it, and it's a very clear symbol of of the nuclear bomb. But mm-hmm. I I think it also it, on another side it represents that uh, things can break out of human program. Any 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 right. being follows its own path, and this is it's very much a a nurture uh, nature versus over, nurture thing nature yeah. versus nurture but nurture being the biggest factor like nature doesn't represent you uh like perceived nature uh, from a human perspective doesn't right. represent you uh and, nurture yeah. can change how and, things are and nausicaa talks about that at the very end when she says some stuff about life and oh yeah. and owning your own life and stuff so yeah it all this is Nausicaa is very tonally consistent and thematically consistent in that all of these things tie together really nicely at the end, in my opinion. So I think we'll get to it. Um, So Nausicaa and the God Warrior actually get to meet the two Tormekian brothers. Um, Kushana's siblings, the Shu princes. Uh, She tells everyone, like, hey, war's over. Dwarf Emperor's dead. Go home. Don't worry about it. Uh, She knows they're going to the crypts, but she says, you cannot go there. but then Nausicaa, like, passes out, so the brothers take her away. They tell Oma, like, hey, we're helping her. Uh, they fly up. Uh, Oma follows them there also. Uh, he Oma starts speaking again. He's like, I am Oma, arbitrator and warrior and judge, like, he who meets out justice, uh, which is really cool. The Oma becomes yeah. very badass from here to the end. Um, the... Cut to the Valley Boys and Asbel. They meet the Worm Handlers. Uh, they all want to go where Nausicaa is. And they say, we can't take you all there. There's too much weight to get on our ship. So the uh, Worm Handlers just slaughter their worms. Like, they literally just turn around and kill their worms. And everyone's like, what are you doing? What the hell? Uh, and they say, it's like, well, they would die in the cold anyway. We don't have food for them. This is uh, preventing them from dying a slow death. This is merciful. And this is a... This is kind of brutal and interesting, but also plays right into all the thematic stuff we're going to see later. So it makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Uh, Nausicaa, they say stuff like Nausicaa is the thread that joins us all together. I think Asbel notes that um, such an enormous burden that girl carries on her shoulders. Uh, the warm guys and Asbel then leave together. Um, we then get a weird, like, narrated page of interlude that talks about how the Sea of Corruption works which is also noted at the beginning of these volumes that we have. Uh, it's just a weird little, like, okay, before I give you the ending, you have to understand how the Sea of Corruption works in case you didn't, and it just kind of, like, tells you. Uh, a little... the very Yeah, the very ending wouldn't make sense if the audience had forgotten how, how the Sea of Corruption works. Yeah. Uh, and if you're reading this month to month the way it was published, you probably first read how the Sea of Corruption works in like 1983 or 84, and you're reading this in like 1992. So and it has really, been 10 years. They mostly talk about it at the beginning, right? It, it's mentioned, mm-hmm. but like we only get like a full picture that it, it's like cleansing the earth over thousands of years. Um, in part one, I think. In part one. Yeah, yeah. in like the first chapter or the first yeah. uh, whatever volume, you yeah. volume chapter. Yeah, volume, what you want to yeah. call it. Um, we get Kashana and Yupa on a mountaintop with the corpse of Namalith. Uh, rest in peace. The Doroks are chanting a tune about Nausicaa. When they hear the Emperor is dead, there's a weird line where Kuratawa's just like, uh, this, there's a weird line. He just like jumps to a conclusion while the, 
uh, Doroks are chanting and singing. I think it might be a mistranslation or like a weird localization thing. He just randomly at the end of the song just says, you mean the blue clad one isn't a savior, but a God of death. And then it's like never addressed again. And there's like no context in the song for him saying that they're like, Oh, the white clad one comes on angel's wings and the blue clad one comes. And he's like, you mean the blue clad one is the the God of death. And it's like, that (laughs) didn't make any sense to me. I think that's a weird, uh, I don't know. It might be a localization of the song. I think it's a localization of the song is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely relevant to the end, but here it felt really like strange. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I think him saying that makes sense, but you're right. Like the song gave no hints at it. Yeah, yeah, the song like, didn't really say what he was, and he was just like, "What you mean this?" Um, maybe he's picking up themes from that song that we're not. <laughs> yeah, the, maybe. Yeah. The, uh, the, no, because I reread that song a couple times and I did not get it. So. Yeah, I, I just think it was a localization um, mistake. There are a few yeah. of those in the official release. Yeah, this whole segment here is sort of about this like assassination plot from the Doroks against Kishana. They want to fight back because they're mad at her for killing her, killing, and doing stuff. Um, there's bombs strapped to women. Uh, Charika is also here playing a kind of Gandhi MLK, um, protest role. Um, he literally, they go to him and they're like, help us fight. And he's like, holy shit, please stop fighting. Like Nausicaa told you, what are you doing? Um, Yupa also is here. He tries to stop the women who are going to like blow themselves up on the ships. Like he stops him from doing that. Um, the Tormekian army knows about it. They're come marching in. They're going to kill these women. Um, this is Yupa Yupa's statement is was so cool he's like badass. please accept my arm as a gesture of sincerity yeah he literally like a dark girl like throws a grenade and Yupa grabs it like wraps it in his cape and just holds it like at arm's length and lets it blow up and it blows his arm off for a split second tell me if you were thinking the same thing for a split th- second I was thinking like oh Yupa might be like a hedra or there's like something else going with him or he's got a robot arm and he'll be fine and then it's like nope they blew his arm off he's a dude he's a normal guy um, I thought I thought he he was going to like show like some crazy technique he learned to like like when yeah, you wrapped it or up something, like, oh. right? But no, this is just, this is way cooler. He just sacrificed the arm. Uh, yeah, I think it's because it's a. Piece. He assumes it's a frag grenade, right? So a fragmentation grenade shoots little pieces of yeah. itself off. So you wrap it up, and then it maybe won't shoot them. Um, yeah, that, that was that was just an awesome moment. He like, it's so badass. His, his arm for the sake of uh, the future. That's awesome. That's yeah, crazy. His man. future, which is rapidly coming to an end. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Cut the people's future. Nausicaa's <laughs> yes, future. yes. Yeah. Um, we cut over to Nausicaa as Teto dies. Um, and Nausicaa that was feels, crazy, by the way. That, yeah, was, that was I didn't expect them to just kill off the mascot like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, the first of many unorthodox choices at the end here. Um, Nausicaa feels the pain in her arm from that happening to Yupa. Um, the, someone comes, uh, I think it's Charika, comes to Kushana and says uh, says something really cool, which again thematically i'm just gonna say hey darkness and light theme here we go adjust your eyes to the darkness and look at those people more darkness symbolism more light symbolism um the Doroks are start making a line separating the combatants from kashana again sort of in a um a peaceful protest type of way uh when the Doroks finally go on to try to kill kashana yupa steps in and takes like seven swords in the chest just takes them um and stands there because uh, the dude is a badass He's absolutely badass. Um, I think we can mention really briefly, we talk about Yupa real quick here, because this is his end. Um, He he dies here. Uh, I think Yupa knows here 
that he has to sacrifice himself because Yupa is only ever really a combatant in this world, right? He Now, he is sort of stopping fights from happening and creating sort of the right engagements, but he's kind of a warrior at heart. Uh, and he knows, I don't necessarily know if like he knows he doesn't have a place in the future that Nausicaa is going to bring, or if the story says there is no place for uh, for Yupa in the future that Nausicaa is bringing. But I think thematically for the character, for what's coming, it makes sense that Yupa doesn't make it to the end of the story. I think it is correct. I agree. And, and like it's not, and it's not like he doesn't have a place, but more like his skills aren't going to be needed. Right, and because he, he sort of represents a, a warrior class, a person whose knowledge is all fighting and battle, and that's the world that we're trying to move away from in this right. last chapter. So, um, Yupa's body is briefly replaced by, like, the Holy One after he gets stabbed. Uh, this is Chikuku's doing, he admits it later. Um, his parting words are super important, Yupa's. Uh, he tells Kushana... You know, blood has not sullied you, but clean, but cleansed you. Which is this is like a Christian imagery thing, right? Of cleansing blood. That's a Jesus Christ thing that happens. Um, it is the it is the righteous rule that befits you, not the path of Asura, which is a Japanese sort of like demon path, devil path, bad path. Um, yeah, which is it's, really cool. it's like a a path of constant war and violence. Yeah, right. Um, Chikaku, the little kid, then comes and talks to Kashana. He says, "Nasuka told me about you." Uh, she said, you are a deeply wounded bird. Uh, shit, where did I go? Ba, 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 ba. She, said, she, she said, you are a deeply wounded bird. She said, you are actually a gentle bird with broad wings and a big heart. And then Chikuku and Kushana shake hands. This is, um, it doesn't really directly say it, but I think what we learned in the last part is that Chikuku is sort of descendant of the older rulers of Dorok. And this is sort of a handshake between... I would say the de facto Dorok ruler at this time, since Namalith is dead, and Kushana, the de facto ruler of um, exactly the yeah. remnants of Tormekia. So, yeah, yeah, the future Tormekian uh, hierarch, I guess, or yep. potential. Yeah. So we are back to Nausicaa, um, and she's on the ship with the brothers. She's like in a little. She's like in the wing on a little like. Uh, glass you know there's like a window above her or whatever she's like these guys have insurance uh oma get me out of here and oma <laughs> just reaches in and grabs her out of it so uh the oma talks to the brothers who are like you can't take her or what are you doing and the oma's like do you guys want to come and they're like uh what and then he grabs them and takes them with it so the god warrior then tells all of the other tormekians like return to your homes in peace He's speaking on, like, a very normal adult human level of speaking now. Uh, the He shoots a laser, and they all run off. So we've kind of, like you've spoken about in the past, we're sort of eliminating extraneous characters and, and actors in this, and we're down to the important people. And we're going to keep sort of get ready, getting rid of people that aren't important and kind of paring down our cast to the climax. So... Um, Nausicaa, who was kind of being covered in Oma's hand, was like, Oma, did you shoot at those guys? And he's like, lol, no, I just convinced him to leave. All on my own, mommy, no big deal. <laughs> um, what a good kid. So when he uses, when he shoots his fire breath to, his laser to do that explosion, like more of his flesh starts melting off. So, um, I just wrote in parentheses here, humans destroy themselves with war. This is kind of a pretty, uh, 
this is Oma's kind of a self-explanatory character in that when he attacks, he falls apart. He is a, he is a representation of human and their war. And when he, they use the weapons, it is bad. It destroys itself in addition to what it's aiming at. Right. That's kind of the two sided thing. It's that. Right. Uh, what Miyazaki is saying here is that humans in creating war and using weapons against others are also destroying themselves metaphorically, potentially literally stuff like that. So pretty good lineup there. Yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I think that's a note for later. Yeah. Uh, so they find their, they start flying away, Nausicaa and Oma, and they fly, they find some ruins with a single tree. Uh, Nausicaa demands that they land so that they can bury Teto under the tree. Um, they bury him. She finds goat droppings, assumes someone is there, and they find a man who approaches them and comments on Oma, uh, one who is accompanied by a dog of death weeping over the death of a small animal. Um, the man is familiar with the Eftal tongue that Nausicaa speaks in, and he notes that she is telepathic. So this guy kind of pretty quickly knows what's going on. Um, Oma then collapses, and the bros think that they were poisoned by the god warrior, but the guy that they just met in this ruin area hits him with the sickest burn to date, and he's, he says, quote, it's because you ran and you do not have bodies that are fit to run, because these they, are they huge are fat very, guys. Yeah, they are very fat gentlemen. Yeah, uh, which I thought just, was hilarious, how he was like, you're not poisoned, you tried to run just, and you're, you're fat. You're just fat. Yeah. I love that. Um, so Oma collapses and the man, uh, takes Nausicaa and is like, I'm going to take care of her for a while. Uh, Nausicaa notes as she's getting carried off by this guy that she has the same smell as her mother. Uh, parentheses, spoilers, this is not a good thing. Um, we kind of wake up with Nausicaa and we see inside this ruins, it's, different it's like the old world right we see very similar to what nausicaa saw in her dream we see sort of plants and animals and everything is working there's trees there's goats everywhere um these goats act like this man's servants um and nausicaa notes that they are nothing like teto or kai uh which i what i think she means here is that they're nothing like uh teto and kai were not servants they were like friends they sort of worked together they made their own decisions um I wonder if this is translated maybe better as like slaves or something because these goats are very much just this kind of like slave servants to this this man who's here in the ruins. I, I think they're more like familiars because they still voice their opinions, uh, but they they but they're like compelled under, to serve to do what he says. Yeah, they of. they are service animals for this guy. Yeah, uh, whereas go. whereas Tito and, or Teto and Kai are. Uh, it's like collaboration, right? They still right. do what Nausicaa wants, but Nausicaa respects their autonomy and uh, the fact that they, they are just a creature by themselves that can do whatever they want. Yeah. So Nausicaa then sort of wakes up in a bath that she doesn't remember taking. We just kind of get a hard cut to this. Uh, we don't see her falling asleep or anything. She just kind of, boom, wakes up in a bath. Um, it's like in an even more wild and pretty place than she was before. Um and I think we get here, there's a panel of Nausicaa smiling, and I think this is maybe the first smile we've seen on Nausicaa since chapter one. There's not a whole lot of smiles in this series. So, yeah. Uh, she knows that she was supposed to remember something, but she can't. Uh, she hears music, which is she goes and finds is the Tormekian bros kind of learning and performing all this old music. Um, she then remembers Teto and cries, and then Oma. 
the man who is there uh, looks concerned when she does this. And then the goats start begging her to stay, which they'll do a couple times here. Uh, she kind of runs around this weird, like, dream farm ruins world, sees that the farmer are Hedra, and thinks, like, oh, could this be the crypt? Um, did this throw you for a loop? Because this, I thought this was going to be a cool twist. I thought this was going to be a cool, like, oh, this is the crypt. We're already in the climax. We're going to go from here. I thought it was the crypt. When she suspected yeah. it, I was like, oh, this is the crypt. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I did too. But Which is yeah, a little, it yeah, it turns out it's not. Um, but it was an interesting sort of, like, misdirection, I guess. Uh, she sees, I think it's Mito and the Valley Boys, ships fly over, uh, but they can't see her. Uh, we cut to them, and they look down, and they just see ruins. So she's in some kind of weird thing. Uh, the garden is invisible from the outside, essentially. Um, Dean, uh, I, I think this is kind of, this area is here um, to kind of to represent the stakes behind the final decision. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's the main reason to have this kind of mystical little forest area. Yeah, it's... I. Let's get to it at the end because I think we're going to take a break yeah. after we talk about the garden because the garden is very important. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as as kind of you are right a, a reason yeah. for it to exist within the story. Yeah, it does feel a little kind of side story y, but it's not. Um, so when Mito and the worm handlers fly over, luckily the worm handlers can hear Nausicaa's brain thoughts there, and they see the footprints of Oma down by the ruins, and so they're like, "Okay, we got to land." Um, Nausicaa in her little dream world garden. It's just called the garden, I think. Nausicaa's in the garden. Uh, she goes back to where the gate was and it's gone. Uh, so she is trapped. She tries to force her way through and is sucked inside like it's like soft stone wall. It's like very weird. It's like um, that Harry Potter. Uh, it's platform nine train. and three quarters. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I wrote that, I think, at the very end when she walks through the wall again. Um, <laughs> the man appears to her again at this point but now looks like a woman and starts to sort of like emulate her mother she and he does like a let me see your tongue which is like a kind of flashes us back into a um i I don't know if it's a fantasy or a dream or a memory or a combination of all of those of like nausicaa and her mother um and this this garden keeper dude just tries to from here on out it like gaslights Nausicaa into being like, hey, this is the place you've always been looking for. This is the place of peace. This is the place of nature. Um, it's the only peace you'll ever find is right here. Um, Nausicaa is like hard. Like she is hard like a 30-year-old cop in LA is hard. She's like, that's not going to work. You have the power to read to read a person and hear instantly. Uh, and you even change your form to suit each guest. Uh, you enter their hearts and make them forget their sorrows and pain and then turn them into your servants. And here's where she gets hard. She says, but I close my heart the moment I gave Oma his name. I am beyond your reach. She's like, I adopted she's a, a single f- mom. Yeah, she's well, she's a single mom to a thing that she knows is going to die. Like in. Yeah. At this point, like four hours. Right. She's like, I it, know it's going to die. And I gave it a name and promised to show it love, even though I knew it was going to die. It's and, like, and I'm like a. Like, this is the cause of Tito's death, and mm-hmm. also, uh, it, it didn't help that Yupa also died, so she's going through some shit. I don't think, yeah, uh, I don't think the weed is gonna help this time, yeah, not at all. Um, uh, she's so yeah, so Nausicaa is literally so traumatized, you cannot make me comfy because being comfortable does not feel right to me, um, yeah. Exactly. She, she Nausicaa remembers her mother because her mother, she says, has a, had a scent of death around her. Which again, this is sort of the the scent she noticed when the man carried her. Um, 
She says her mother was kind, but used to sit by a window and stare a lot, stare stare out a lot. Um, Nasaka had, I think, eleven older brothers and sisters. This this mother had eleven other children before Nasaka, and and they all died except for Nasaka, and that essentially traumatized her mother. Um, she says that the brothers and sisters that she had absorbed the poison in her mother, and they passed on so the mother could keep living. This is dark and brutal. This is pretty interesting. Uh, and the mom had no love for Nausicaa because she was so detached at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, like a defense mechanism from losing all those kids. From losing all those kids, yeah. Which which is makes total sense. Uh, yeah. Definitely. So the garden keeper dude starts to tell Nausicaa about a boy 200 years ago, much like her, who came to the garden, uh, wanted to leave and change things. We assume this was the Dorok Emperor who took a few Hedra. I think this is... They don't say it, but this is Namalith, right? It's, or is it's this Namalith? Yeah. This is Namalith, yeah. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, it's not Namalith; it's the guy like right before him." But no, I think this is Namalith. Um, it is, yeah. Uh, so Nausicaa then remembers Namalith's words about her being a messiah. "Quote: Crawl around with the whole bloody lot on your shoulders and see if you can save the world." I think there's, I think there's different emphasis the second time we hear this, where the first time he's like, "Oh yeah, crawl around and see if you can save the world," and this time it's like, "See if you can save the world," right? Because he tried to do it and he yeah. couldn't do it, and he's jaded about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we we learn kind of that this garden is a place where people can die and joy. Uh, Asbel now shows up outside the crypt also. Um, we just like get a little scene of that. So Nausicaa calls out to Selim for help. Uh, this is the forest man leader who is also psychic. Uh, she's literally like, yo, Se- sexy forest boy. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she leans down dark soul style and is like, I have to summon for this boss and gets, gets a helper. Um, so Selim and Nausicaa versus the weird, um, forest or garden keeper guy. Uh, the guy starts to expound. There's a lot in this last part of just, there's a lot of exposition, a lot of people just telling us what's happening, telling us what's going on. I think it still works, but it is definitely a lot of lore dump. I would say that, like, if you were separating Nausicaa into, like, seasons, this entire last part is, like, an entire season of a show. Like, there is so much packed in here. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So this garden dude says, I am an immortal watchdog created by the people of the ancient world. Um, he calls Selm and the people of the forest those who have abandoned fire, which makes sense. They are in the forest. Yeah. They don't use the sort of fire and weaponry that the others do. Um, Selim notes that when the forest people send uh, some of their people to Dorok, they never come back because they get trapped here in this garden. Um, and they become powerless when they leave the forest, so they can't fight back. Um, and this is where the uh, garden keeper says, you know, like, let me tell you about the meaning of the sea of corruption and everyone was doomed to die. So this is, this is the twist of the story, I guess you could say. Um, we have assumed up to this point that we are told that the sea of corruption is pulling the poison out of the land. It is sort of converting it and it eventually, uh, creates a sort of neutral sand that it turns into. And that is, pure of corruption and is good to live in. So we as readers kind of know that the sea of corruption is cleansing the world of the old human pollution and eventually it'll cleanse it all and it'll be a clean world and it'll be fine, right? Wrong. Mm. 
long ago, so here's back to sort of going through what the stories tell us. Long ago, uh, people of the forest sent scouts to where the forest ends, where the Sea of Corruption has already healed the land, because that has happened in some places. And they all just vomited blood and died. Um, the garden keeper says, you are fooling yourself if you think that that represents hope. Uh, he then tells them, and here's kind of the big twist, the human body is different from what it once was. It has changed to suit a polluted world. So the twist is essentially the people who lived when the earth and sky were pure could never live in the shadow of the sea of corruption. And the people who now live in this world where the sea of corruption exists can't live in a sort of pure air, pure world. Uh, they are incompatible. Um, the garden keeper even says, if I hadn't changed Nausicaa's body, the pure air and garden, the pure air of the garden would have killed her. So, and Nausicaa says, so you're saying we can't live without the poison? Uh, and I wrote, quote, can't have light without a little dark inside it, because there it is again. Yep. Um, so cool. Uh, I, stop right here real quick. How'd you feel about this sort of like twist, little twist in the story here? Uh, I thought it was great. And I, it's it's kind of hard to talk about now uh, without talking about the ending, because like you said, yeah. this, this feels like one whole season. And all of this circle ba- circles back around to the very end of this series yeah this uh, is very much a setup for nazca's decision at the end that's that's yeah. why we have this twist so yeah exactly and, and honestly i say we just keep going because yeah I, for there's sure. a lot i want to say but i can't without referencing parts later yeah let's let's do it um where so nazca wants no more she says like no 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 like this this lines up with what i know because i did tests she talks about her experiments with the sea of corruption plants and animals um plants literally grow better she says with a bit of corruption in them uh and people do too we assume she talks about the water and how it uh they wouldn't gather the water as soon as it came down they would wait and it would get some of the you know corruption in it and then that was better for them um Nausicaa says that it wasn't a natural change, right? It's not evolution that made the world and the people like this. Uh, the dude is like, clever girl, and then he ghosts and disappears. Um, Nausicaa feels strangely, she says, almost frighteningly serene. Um, and then we get kind of a lore dump. The The garden guy kind of shows us, us and Nausicaa flashbacks and tells us a bunch of stuff. Um, so around the time of the Seven Days of Fire, the world... Uh, Man, sometimes I just type too fast and it doesn't come out. You wrote semen. The world has been polluted so much that the people chose, essentially choose to remake humans um, using the Hedratech, essentially, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they tried, and they used the same technique to try to bring the world back also, right? Which these are the techniques where they develop plants and animals, which will crystallize and neutralize the pollution to render it useless, like sand. So the Sea of Corruption starts when they do this. Um, when the Sea of Corruption cleanses the Earth, it will die. This was planned by the people who did all this uh, genetic, you know, science, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Nausicaa, I think, notes here that, like, an ecosystem with a goal runs contrary to the very laws of nature, which I this is an interesting sort of theme also of trying to create, uh, I think, trying to create a, a life that fulfills kind of a narrowed, almost enslaved purpose. I think this is true with the Hydra. I think this is true with the God Warriors. Um, Nausicaa really fights back against that, right? And well, she says, and, and I think the story has proved that it just doesn't work, right? Man, yes. Man-made plans for how, 
how the, the world mold. plays out. Yeah, the mold is one, and uh, the God Warrior is the other one. Oma mm. doesn't act like a tool of destruction. It acts like a, dude, uh, like different, a kid, different, like a grown-up yeah, kid. Yeah. And, and it follows Nausicaa's teachings, which shows that programming doesn't doesn't actually to the degree right. that that uh, people think it does yeah this is also to me this is almost the more interesting kind of twist that happens here because in all six other parts we have been talking about there is a a man versus nature man is a part of nature kind of uh theme that we've been hitting on and touching on and this this is kind of weirdly recontextualize everything in the past because it turns out that the nat- the nature that we kept talking about, which is the sea of corruption, was man-made the whole time and is like actually sort of the like biggest quote, like I wrote like it's the folly of man, right? Is to think like, oh, we can develop, we can take and control this nature and it'll cleanse our world for us. And that kind of, um, uh, again, kind of back to the story, Selm does not like this, right? Because Selm is a guy who works in cooperation with the forest and is a part of the forest and the forest is kind of his livelihood and his home. Um, and so it, it like hurts to hear the, to be told that like, Oh yeah, that forest is like a human genetic project, a human designed ecosystem with a purpose that you live in. It's not just nature. Like you thought it was right. Right. Uh, yeah. Selm says, Hey, the forest should be holy and sacred. Nausicaa agrees with him. Um, quote, the one is the whole, and the whole is the one. Um, how could humans create Omu? I think Nausicaa asked this. Uh, and then Nausicaa says, A life is a life regardless of how it comes into being, even the Hedra. And I think she reiterates this again at the end when we get there, but she, and I, we talked about this last time in part six, and I think it's reiterated here, and it's reiterated at the end, is that even though it feels kind of twisty to me and to Selm to be like, oh, that thing that you thought was, you know, just nature, just natural, just evolution this whole time was actually man-made. Nausicaa kind of really quickly wipes that away and says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter if you're, if you're a Teto, if you're an Omu, if you're a god warrior, if you're a human, a life is a life regardless of how it comes into being. They're all, it's all life, right? So uh, yeah, and, and I, yeah. I, I like that because it's like, uh, this dude's like, hey, let's debate philosophy. Here's a, here's a huge revelation for you. Yeah. And Nausicaa's like, shit, dude, I have a timeline and work to get done. I can't, yeah. I can't be here worrying about that shit right now. Uh, I like that. Yeah, well, and he's also like... Uh, um, He's also like, haha, I twisted everything you thought you were right about, you're wrong about. And she's just sort of like, okay, it doesn't change anything. Life is a life, doesn't matter how it was made. Yeah. yeah. My feelings about life are unchanged by these revelations of you, which is like. J- jokes on you, I am so morally consistent that <laughs> yeah. it, it, what you said just does not matter to me. It just moment. literally doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So lots of good lines here. Quote Every life form, no matter how small, contains the outside universe without it. Intern, wait, God, sometimes you just write too fast. Every life form, no matter how small, contains the outside universe within it, and it's in, inter- and it's in, without it. Okay, I'm going to do this. Cut that part. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> I'm going to find it in the book, because I'm like, what? Because it's such a good line, and I wrote it down. I think I wrote it down just, like, completely wrong. Um, da, 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 mother, that, two princes, 
Hedra, Lung Spilling Blood, try to bring the whole world back. Every life form, no matter how small, contains the outside universe within its internal universe. There it is. Um, which is, I think, is a cool line. That's a cool it thing is. to be like. It reminds me of, like Men in Black, <laughs> like the last like four seconds of Men in Black, where it, like zooms in on the cat's necklace and it's like a whole universe inside it. Anyways, um, Orion's Belt. Orion's Belt, baby. What a cool movie. Um, so. The garden, we learn, is sort of like a storehouse of the crypt. It's not its center. Um, it is meant to sort of be... After the Sea of Corruption does its job, the garden holds the like building blocks to bring all the old, pure life back. Um, it, yeah, essentially, their cult- culture, food, customs... Yeah, the like animals, that. the plants, it's all kind of there. Like so. the, the piano with the music, like mm-hmm. all, all that shit. Yep, so... Talking about the crypt, Nausicaa says, like, I will go there, Sel, not to close the doors, but to pry them open if need be and discover the truth. Uh, and Selm says, this time you're going to be my guide. Because Selm is, Selm is a lot more shaken by this stuff than Nausicaa is, and he's sort of like, all right, I'm in the back seat, you're driving. Um, yep. Uh, the garden keeper says to Nausicaa, you are cruel yet kind. Hello, dark and light. Here we go again. Um Nasca wonders if there are other gardens like this one, hidden seeds for replenishing the world after it is purified. Uh, there's also some technology in the crypt that has allowed men to create the mold and the hedra. Nasca asks, "Why is there technology preserved in the crypt that should not that should not be preserved?" Right? That she sees sort of this artificial creation of life still as a, a form of evil. Um, she asks the garden keeper this, and then he doesn't answer, and she's like, "Okay, quote your silence is answer enough." She goes to leave and she tells the guy, she says, my name is Nausicaa. And he says, that is a good name. Um, while we're at, that's about the halfway point here. Uh, we are making good time. Is there anything you wanted to bring up in this first kind of half before we get to the big climax in the, in the end here? Honestly, I say keep trucking. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Mito and the Valley Boys are looking around the ruins. Uh, there's something... Uh, all signs of life have been, I believe the worm handlers say, intentionally erased here, right? The uh, garden is keeping itself secret and safe. Um, the chocobo runs off, and then Nazaka walks out of a wall. Very uh, platform in nine and three quarters. Oh, time. yeah. I wrote it here. Um, Same brain. Yep. The worm handlers are idiots again. They literally look at Nazaka and they go, Nazaka was born from this wall. I love uh, them. They're, they're so cute. They're great, actually. It's weird to like hate them for five-sevenths of the of the well, story well, and then love them for them the is, last it's more or less a meme it, everyone hated them uh but yeah it, it's it, they are they are like very innocent and adorable yeah uh in these last parts yeah oh so it isn't it isn't mito and the valley boy sorry it's just the valley boys and the um and the worm handlers because mito is with asbel and they are following the god warrior they're in the ship uh the right. two-seater ship um they have to go after the God Warrior. Uh, Nausicaa treads the same path as the boy who took the Hedra. This time with the Wernhand, she kind of is noting this to herself. She says, like, I'm t- taking the same steps. Instead of the Hedra, I have the Worm Handlers and the God Warrior. Um, they give her some new clothes. The goat brings her cape from Kushana and her leggards back, so she's kind of got a new look, which is cool. You'll see her, uh, you can see on the background here that I've got, which you can't see at Gautam, but the, the Watchers can. 
she's more of a more bathed in red than blue here. So, um, they try to give Nausicaa a sword here. She says, "Nope, no more need for weapons." Uh, the worm handlers and Nausicaa then are like, "Okay, we got to run to Shua." Uh, they run past what we're told are essentially melted buildings from the Seven Days of Fire, which is really cool and interesting. Um, and they're finding like Oma's tissue on the ground. She tells the worm handlers to like stay away from it. It's radioactive, essentially. Um, the worm handlers then start to hear cannon fire from listening to the ground. Sounds of fighting, but it's not Oma, right? Because Oma's way big. They tell, yeah. they say, oh, we are 20 leagues from Shua. And I was like, okay. And then it tells us, for some reason, that it's like a little over a mile. And it's like, uh, I gotta say, maybe my least favorite part of this entire chapter is the fact that they tell us that Nausicaa is like a little over a mile away from where all this shit is happening and then we're about to get all these like explosions and fighting and it's like, no, she's like 10 miles away right now. Like, Is, just, that, is that how how many 20 leagues is? Uh, it, says, it says in the book, yes, it says 20 leagues and it says, I'll find it because it's like, da, da, da. Um, it says 20 leagues and it has like a little sub note and it's like 20 leagues is like one and one eighth mile. And it's like, that, oh, that's not, you can see that far. You can you see know? like way farther than that. Yeah. Yeah. One and one eighth mile is like an, a 10 minute walk. Like it is yeah, not that yeah. far. Um, yeah. Gaelic leagues or 1500 paces about, oh no. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I am wrong. It is telling it is telling us that a league is is one and one eighth mile. They are twenty leagues, so they're like twenty two oh, miles. miles. Okay, yeah. Okay. So so they're like a marathon. That makes more sense. I think Got I wrote like three different notes about like I thought they were one mile away. How is this happening? Twenty miles oh, makes okay. more sense. That makes because yeah, they have to run like full, running full twenty miles. Yeah. Running twenty miles you can do in a day. Okay. Um so we Again, the story kind of has to expound for us a little bit. It says, hey, let's flash back and see what's going on at Shua. Um, the king of Tormekia is here. They're attacking the crypt. Uh, the priests are begging him not to. And the king of Tormekia is like, uh, kill all of them one at a time until one of them tells me how to open the crypt. Uh, so not presenting very well in the start here. Um, the crypt is sort of this huge black obelisk temple building uh, surrounded by a huge moat on all sides. And there is one bridge in and it is not being breached by any of the Tormekians' attacks. Um, and there is, like, a laser eye from Ocarina of Time outside the one door that is just blasting dudes apart. They, right. The Tormekian guys are like, hey, can we, we'll drop heavy bombs on it. And he's like, nope, can't destroy, can't, can't endanger anything that's inside it. We don't know what's in there. Could be bad. Um, and then here comes Oma. Oma, like, walks into the city, and you would think, like, oh, he's here, he's going to attack it. He, he kind of talks more than you would think. He literally walks up and is like, let me talk to the king. Where is he? Like, where's the king? Um, but they keep it. The Tormekians keep attacking him. And so he's like, okay, nukes it is. And like nukes him out of existence. Uh, yeah. Nausicaa sees this bright flash from the city. Uh, she very much worries that she's just about to repeat the seven days of fire. Um, but the king emerges from the ruins and is able to talk to Oma uh, Oma says, I am the arbitrator who ends all wars. I will allow no more fighting. And he like points, fucking points very accusatorily at the king. Um, I actually really, man, I would love to see this animated because I feel like animating Oma, like emoting and talking with like a huge deep Japanese voice actor voice would be very cool. 
Uh, yeah, I want I want him to talk about his mommy in that deep yeah. voice. To be that, like, mommy, be and then to be like, I am the arbitrator who ends all wars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but Oma invites the king to join him. Oma, the king notes that Oma smirks, and it's like not... This is, they point out that Oma smiles a couple times, and every time they do, they have to say something about it, because the art doesn't, you have no idea what this thing looks like when it smiles. It always looks weird. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's so, just like a weird, eldritch, alien-looking creature. Exactly, and it's like teeth are slowly falling out and made of missiles. Um, yeah. So Oma says to the Crypt Keepers, uh, he's here to seal the door of the Crypt forever. He says, quote, judgment has been passed what you mean by peace is nothing more than the endless repetition of human folly. I was given this power in order to put an end to that folly. Uh, and I wrote, he is not wrong. Um, it is essentially endless human folly, very focused on the script and the power it's kind of been giving out. Uh, Oma says, quote, I am beholden to none, but the small mother who gave birth to me led me and gave me my name. I just, these lines are just so was, like epic and cool. It was so cool. And I think that last part is really sweet. I thought it was, yeah. uh, I, it made me root for Oma. Uh, also, uh, the reason, uh, one thing to note is the reason why uh, Oma marched on Shua is because as uh, being the good child he is, uh, he figured his mom, Nausicaa, needed the rest at that yeah. garden and to recover uh, and decided to uh, do the mission of closing the crypt doors on his own uh, for his mom. Yep, exactly. Um, and so the, uh, where'd we go? The crypt fires its laser. The crypt essentially is just like, all right, time to nuke. Like, literally levels the city of Shua. Like, it. the next few scenes that we see from the outside, Shua, Shua is like a flattened city. Um, Oma fires back at it and is able to sort of penetrate it. And somehow, in all of this, Asbel and Mito crash on top of the uh, crypt, and they survive. Pretty much because of plot armor, because the reality of it is that the crypt just like nuked the entire city, and like um, Oma Almost. also gets like a, like annihilated, and somehow like Mito and Asbel are like, oh, we're fine. <laughs> like we're mostly uh, what fine. I, I I I thought at that time they weren't really near any of the lasers or explosions; they were above it, uh, mm. and they just got EMP'd out of the air. That might be this, true. Is how be I read right. it. Yeah. If yeah. Um, yeah, so everything is nuked. Um, Oma collapses. He's got, like, holes in him because the uh, the attack from the crypt was directed at Oma, and he fought back. Um, he's got holes in him. He, like, all of his teeth are falling out. Um, he sort of says the crypt is still alive, and he falls down into the moat area. Uh, assumedly yeah, he falls dead or very close to it. Yeah. Um, but his attack did do a shit ton of damage to the crypt. It effectively... Cut in half, almost. Cut in yeah. half, yeah. Cut in half, huge gash in the crypt. Yeah, but huge gash. Maybe not cut in half, but like open to large uh, area. Yeah. So, back at the Worm Handlers of Nausicaa, a bunch of Tormekian ships, after this explosion goes off, crash. And they uh, look inside, and it's like, well, they were dead before they even crashed. Um please worm handlers what are you doing stop looting from the dead they like as soon as you're like oh i love the worm handlers they're like we're gonna be shitbags again um and nausicaa's like bro guys come on you don't steal from the dead um dude nausicaa is like the the person who's like come on don't loot everything in every rpg you know like where you're just looting all the dead bodies yep uh so ash is sort of falling from this big explosion so nausicaa and the worm handlers kind of take their little calm before the storm moment here uh sets the men down 
says we're going to eat. She, she says, I'm going to tell you why we're going to Shua and to the crypt. And she says, I want you to pass it on to your clans when you go home. Because she doesn't know. She doesn't know if she's coming back. She doesn't know what the crypt is. She doesn't know. I don't think she knows at this point what she's going to do in the crypt, right? She still isn't really decided on, am I going to open the doors of the crypt for everyone to have what's inside it? Or am I going to shut the doors and say no one gets this? Um, I thought this was interesting because this is such an honest thing to do. Because regardless, she has no idea what, what to expect. It's like, whatever happens in there, tell them the story how you see it, kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird to use the word honest, because what she does here is she kind of lies to them. She lies by omission, right? Um, she tells them uh, that you thought the Sea of Corruption was a punishment, but that's not true. Uh, the Sea of Corruption is meant to... Uh, is is cleaning the world, essentially. She tells them, as long as we don't destroy ourselves, we will be free and clean eventually, which is, as we just learned, a lie, right? As soon as the, uh, every, if the world is clean, the people who live in the world right now can't live in it. So she, she lies to the, um, she lies to the worm handlers here. So again, this is kind of the, like you were saying, this feels very sort of kind and uplifting on one hand, very light, and but there's a kernel of darkness hidden in there in that, well, it's not the whole truth. And if they had I the whole truth... I don't think... Well, I while I think it is like a lie by omission, I think Nausicaa doesn't... Is, is being honest or thinks she's being honest because... Uh, and we'll get to that more in the end. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, the worm handlers are like, we should trigger more Daikai shows. And she's like, fuck no, you are so stupid. Um, oh yeah, some random guys like, why would you even suggest that? Like, yeah, it's like you are. Yeah, ideas, they right? like call each other out. They're like, you are so dumb. No, why would we do that? Um, Nasca here again, like, accepts that she told a lie and she's going to keep telling it. Uh, she's she says, what good can come from making it known that the human body was transformed? And so she essentially is like, the lesser of two evils is one girl lying compared to everyone knowing that we're all doomed in the end. That's true nihilism, right? So right. Um, the world is being reborn, Nausicaa says, even if our bodies are not meant to live in it anymore. So she's kind of, um, she's kind of content with the fact that maybe what the world needs is for the, the Sea of Corruption to rebirth, to rebirth the world and humans not to live it anymore. I think she's very comfortable with the fact that maybe that's how it turns out. She thinks that's okay. Um. It's a very what happens happens kind of thing. Yep. And she says, uh, she says like for the sake of a single sprout, countless spores rain down, dying useless deaths, right? Trees scatter thousands of seeds and maybe only a couple of trees survive that. So uh, Nasuke mentions her life herself was supported by 10 or 11 other dead brothers or sisters for, you know, for her life to sprout and grow. Um, and, more, and more recently, Yupa, Tito, like... Yep. A bunch of them. So yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah, all of the guys who protected her in that one battle. Um, right, right. But here's, I mean, here's another great quote uh, from the story from Nausicaa here. It says, no matter how wretched every life form, no matter, God damn it, I need to write better. No matter how wretched every life form lives by the virtue of its own power. Uh, on this planet, life itself is its, is its own miracle. We are supposed to believe that those who planned the reconstruction of the world could have predicted the action of the Omu or of the giant mold. I don't think so. I suppose those men that left that black thing there to be a kernel of the reconstruction and it never occurred to them that life itself was the ultimate demonstration of contempt of life. So she's essentially saying here, um, 
the the people of the past created the garden and the crypt and she says trying to sort of circumvent the circle of life in some way by saying we'll force the world to force this ecosystem to consume itself and we'll sit here in this crypt and wait it out and then come back or whatever um she says that's a sort of an ultimate contempt of life kind of not respecting life to do what it has been made to do itself right because it's not respecting death you know which is uh right, well, light, yes. light and dark theme uh, yep. essentially is yeah well, and, it's just a denial of death altogether is it's just a foolish foolish course of action in the ultimate nihilistic point of view in Nazca yes Christ. and Nazca, i believe when we get there says pretty much exactly that that like you when when we get into the crypt she says you deny death um so yeah so this is important this is the end goal uh the final thing that Nazca sets out to do she says that if the past world remade humans to not be able to live once to see a corruption is done then the crypt must be their way of reconstruction after it's all over she sort of realizes what the crypt is for before we get to the crypt and learn that she's right right um and that them doing this is such a massive contempt for life and by avoiding death exactly that the next words out of her mouth here are let us never forget the dead so she says all this stuff and it's exactly like you like you pointed out Gautam, that uh it's a contempt for life because it is ignoring death it's sort of spitting in the face of death so um Nausicaa here echoes what the king said says a law as long as ancient technology is able to come from the crypt evil people will want it and use it and it has to be stopped so she's very sort of set on getting that to stop um she says i sent my own child i've once again unleashed the fire that destroyed the world uh she's she kind of finds her final resolve in this moment here um selm is still inside with nausicaa uh we cut to the king who emerges kind of from Oma's hand that's sitting here separate. Uh, the crypt is, we now see, is like alive. It is a fleshy, alive thing, and it is moving to repair itself. Um, somehow this king's little jester kid survived, well, like, by, like, hiding in a box. I don't, uh, this one is I one of those, I don't like, think that's a kid. I think that's just uh, a, sh- a short it is a, It is just a small, gross man, but it looks like a child, so he's, yeah. Um, uh... So people come out of the crypt, the like priests come out of the crypt, and they ask if the king of Tormekia, who's here, is like, hey, are you our new king? He says, ha ha, of course I am. Um, they say, hey, we're, we've come to lead you to the master of the crypt, let's go. Um, this little jester dude lifts up the face mask of one of these uh, priests, and the dudes under the priest robes are like rotting and zombified and ugly as shit uh and the, the the priest robe guy looks at the jester and it's like whoa it, it, it's surprising to see someone uglier than i am uh yeah just like just throw in shade instantly yeah yeah uh we learned that these guys are like at least 400 500 years old uh but they're not nearly as old obviously as the master of the crypt um uh, we got asbel and mito on top of the crypt uh they notice that the crypt is like healing uh asbel goes inside and Mito is like, all right, I'm going to take the the big one shot thing. I'm going to try to blow up the crypt before it closes. So these two now kind of have their little goal. Uh, as Bill goes into the crypt, sees the city that the prils, the priests built says it's like a parasite built into the crypt. Uh, he goes in, he finds a bunch of heads in this room and then they're like all live. <laughs> like what the fuck? Uh, and they like, cha- they like chase him out and he like, like literally by like hopping pa- after him. 
Uh, he jumps into a bunch of corpses. It's literally like a comedy of errors now. He's like, oh, I found a bunch of heads. Oh, they're chasing me. Oh, I jumped into a pile of corpses. It, it, um, he's Scooby-Dooing it up in that grid. A little bit of Scooby-Doo here, yep. Uh, he mentions, though, that he's like, oh, it's like I'm in a stomach here. Uh, and I think this whole crypt is very much set out to have a lot of similarities to, like, a, a human body. It has, like, skin that heals. It has an eye in the front. It has a stomach. Um, it makes sense. It's made out of Hedra technology. Um, right, which is... And, and the Hedra technology is the same stuff that made the God Warriors, who are human-adjacent. The Hedras are kind of human. The Even the... Um, even Namulith's body, right, is like a human body, assumed, but it's a Hedra body, so. And uh, if it makes sense if you think about it later. It is an incubator. Um, like, yeah, it, it's an incubator for eggs, right? So, like, it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we learned, it, yeah, we learned it, that later. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, Asbel finds a sort of room where they're incubating um, some Hedra, uh, and he starts to fight, and then we get Nausicaa like strolls in, like da- like Darth Vader. That was with, sick. like storm. It's so she, cool. I love that, that panel. She just does like a fucking action hero walk into the place. Not even I like an it. action hero walk. She does like the bad guy entering the room, which I think is is more appropriate than like a superhero. She's she's uh, yeah. about to sort of play the role of darkness, the role of uh, the bad guy here, um, and she strolls in with her like evil worm handler guys behind her and like she's like don't worry about anything like we're going we're going straight to where we're going um she's like ignore everything go further down and uh real quick to mention uh the reason why the king of toromechia was led into this crypt by the priest is because the crypt needs to work with a large world power or world leader in order for the crypt and the priests within to be kept safe while they're able to do their research and in return they will provide knowledge of technology to whatever whoever is protecting them at the time. Right. That's sort of the the political, yeah, politically yeah. how they work. Um, they So Nausicaa and her group, they go down, they find a big hole. She's like, we're going down there. She looks at a group of the priests and is like, you're the leader. And he's like, how'd you know that? <laughs> he's like, she's like, doesn't matter. Go get me an elevator. Um, it's like She's like, take me down there right now. Uh, we have a quick cut to a panel. We see that Oma is still alive down in this hole. Um, so Nausicaa and uh, just a couple of her worm handler guys go down to where the king of Tormekia is and his little baby jester man already are. Um, the king just starts capping people with his, his gat. Uh, he's mad. He's at the end. He's at the center of the crypt at its core, the master. Uh, and it's just a bunch of words on a big lump of flesh. And the king is like, when... Uh, the Tormekian king, when Nausicaa appears, is like, is, this is a cool line, I thought. He says, it's another king and a woman to boot. Like, she's so, like, regal and powerful at this point and so, like, sure of her, her quest that, like... A, she has, a, she exudes authority. Exactly. Yeah. And the king sees her and recognizes, like, this is another king and it's a woman. Um, and and, and uh, something that adds on to that is when she walks into the crypt, the priests don't want her inside. And yeah. they, they walk up telling her, like trying to get her to leave. And she just like gives them a glance. And before they can even finish their sentences, they just stop themselves and let her pass. Uh, yeah, it, it exactly. Is, so she's exerting this authority aura as she walks yeah. in. So we learn now from sort of the priests talking that 
the secrets from the crypt that they would give to the outside helpers, to the, the Dorok king and everything, are essentially single lines translated from this big flesh orb in the center of the bottom of the crypt. Um, even a single line, they say, can take years to decipher and that they hold the secrets of life itself. Uh, they say the master of the crypt is the sole ray of light in this world of darkness. Hello, here is light and dark again. Um, they say the master is about to appear. The king of Tormekia is still throwing a fit down here. And here we go. This is the climax of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. It's right here. Um, light floods out of the center of the crypt through everyone in the room. Um, Nausicaa and the king, it is searching their minds. Uh, light fills the room. And we see a series of sort of people made of light step out of the center. Uh, they say, it is important that we speak to you in peace, so we disarmed you. Uh, we speak to you as the great many who died meaningless deaths because of their own folly. You living in the period of purification, the day will come when the sea of corruption and the land is reborn. So they're kind of reiterating that uh, we are from before the years of fire, you were living through the time of purification. A time will come when that is over and the land is reborn. Uh, the great suffering of the purification is an atonement. And I said, okay, but you aren't being punished, at least not the people in the crypt, right? The people in the crypt are sort of avoiding all punishment uh, by letting the people of the world be punished. Um, right. And they say the crypt was built to help reconstruct the world when everything was purified. Um, the... This, so again, there's going to be a lot of light and dark uh, themes and metaphors here, and the the crypt and the people of the crypt are given the role of light, and Nazca is given the role of dark, and it's very cool here. So they say, children, give us your help that this light should not go out, this light of the crypt. Nazca then has a great panel where she literally just says, nay. I said, read, like, translated, fuck that. Um, she says, you are nothing but shadows. Uh, again, dark light, dark. Uh, Visually here, in with all of these sort of light people created, Nausicaa suddenly has like exuding a dark aura around her, which is very cool like, visually. Um, some someone says like she, she sullied the light because she's giving this darkness off. She says our bodies may have been artificially transformed, but our lives will always be our own. Life survives by the power of life, which is very core. Life is life; it doesn't matter where it comes from, what it is. There's no separation of nature and humans. It's all, life is just life, which is, I think, maybe the biggest thing to take away from the story. She says it here, right? Life survives by the power of life. If such a morning is to come, then we shall live to face that moment. We are birds who, though we may spit up blood, will go on flying beyond that morning. I, morning light? Uh, uh, on and on. Lots of quotes here from Nausicaa, because she's expounding the the best parts of the story she says to live is to change the omu the mold the grasses and trees we human beings we all go on changing and the sea of corruption will live on with us and then she points at the light people and is like but you cannot change you have only the plan that was built into you because you deny death uh, which we talked about earlier denying mm -hmm. darkness which is needed and necessary um she says, speak the truth. She says, we don't, we have no need of you. We don't need you. Um, one of the sort of light ghost guys does this weird face replacement thing on the small man. Uh, 
says you were says you meant me to speak the truth but which truth uh he says the world used to suck real bad too many people all trying to live all fighting religion blag it was awful he says we have the tech to save your bodies when the new world comes he says we are we're a maker of the old world and a hope for the new world nausicaa hits him with some fire she says oh so you're saying you're a god she says in short you are a god one of the many gods created a millennium ago and over that millennium you have become covered in sarcoma and filth she literally says you are a you are a dirty cancer yeah that's Uh, fucking great uh this is nazca again i believe this is why didn't those men and women realize that both purity and corruption are the very stuff of life Suffering and tragedy and folly will not disappear in a purified world. They are a part of humanity, again, darkness and light. That is why, even in a world of suffering, there can also be joy and shining light. Literally, I cannot write it enough, light and darkness. This is what the story is about, this last part especially. Um, This is maybe my favorite line right here. I want to read it again just because it's so good. Why didn't those men and women realize that both purity and corruption are the very stuff of life? Suffering and tragedy and folly will not disappear in a purified world. They are a part of humanity. That is why, even in a world of suffering, there can also be joy and shining light. We could, I think, in this in the conversation right here, and it would be enough. Because that that line right there, I think, says everything that it needs to say about about Nausicaa. Right. Exactly. And uh, I think the as we go, the decision she makes is incredibly consistent. Yes. So, yeah, let's wrap and talk about it. Let's this. keep going. Yeah, we are almost there. Uh, she says, even the pitiable Hydra, even they are living things because... You were because you were created as an artificial god of purity. You have become the ugliest creature of all, never knowing what it means to be alive. You carry the scent of an indecent darkness. Uh, Cryptman to Nausicaa again. He says he says I am the sole light that remains in the world. They still are saying no. We're the light. We're the light. Uh, girl, are you saying that efforts to rebuild the world should be abandoned and humanity and humanity left to be extinct? Uh, and Nausicaa laughs in their face. She says, your question is laughable. We have lived all these centuries with the sea of corruption. Extinction has long since become a part of our lives. Again, lives are light. Extinction is a part of it. It's darkness. It all lines up. It's great. This is thematically one of the most consistent artistic pieces I've ever read. Um, the, The crypt guys say, without us, humanity will surely become extinct. You cannot live beyond that morning. Um, and Nasca hits him back with that is for the planet to decide when we get there. Again, she decided earlier before she entered Shua that if the Sea of Corruption completes its purification and the humans all die off, maybe that's the way it's meant to be. Um, and the and like we called off then, the crypt guys call her out for exactly what he said. She, they say that's nihilism. You're literally talking about about nihilism here. Um, Nasca hits him back with. The sympathy and love of the Omu were born from the depths of nothingness. Uh, you are a dangerous darkness. Life is light. Again, again, again. It literally just keeps hitting us with it. Uh, you are wrong. Nausicaa says, life is the light that shines in the darkness. It literally, the guy can't go a page without writing something about light and darkness here. Um, it's the all King things. Of all over again. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Uh, maybe in, inspired by this. Um, <laughs> 
Nausicaa says, All things are born in darkness, and all things return to darkness. And now it's time for you to return to darkness. And the king all this time is giggling, and he's like, lol, I like this girl. She's fun. Um, (laughs) The king even says, like, the king even at this point, after Nausicaa has sort of given her big monologue here, which is, like, my favorite part of the whole book, uh, uh, the king says, where do we go? The king says, like, we shall not be your servants. We'll decide for ourselves, right? Which is a very, life is life. It matters. We don't need people who have denied death telling us what to do. Um, the fleshy men get angry uh, and they get attacked with light again from this sort of big center thing. Um, Sel manages to sort of block the light from Nausicaa, tells her, like, call Oma. Like, get Oma here now. We gotta end this. Um, the the space they're in starts kind of closing around them to trap them in and trap them with this kind of light fire that they're using. But Mito gets his bomb set off up top and it sort of pauses long enough for the light to stop. And that gives Nausicaa a chance, a moment. Selm kind of pushes her back and says, like, call Oma now. Um, she does. Oma is alive, responds, and shoots his laser in. Um, the... Uh, the light dudes from the crypt say, like, cease, child of darkness. History shall remember you as the devil, the one who destroyed the light of hope. She says, I don't care. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. If you. If you are light, then we do not need light. She's literally like, hey, if you're selling yourself as pureness and goodness, if that's what you think, then we don't need you. Um, she says, we can know the beauty and cruelty of the world without the help of a giant tomb and its servants, because our God inhabits every single leaf and the smallest insect. This is probably the other kind of most important line, I would say, in the end. Uh, it goes very much along with the other part, where it's very much light and darkness, everything matters, and it ties it back into the sort of nature is everything, right? Every leaf, the smallest insect, the largest God warrior, all of that stuff. Uh, Nausicaa gives Oma sort of a fire at will command. Um, He does. He sort of opens up a big hole and he starts kind of crawling his disintegrating body into the crypt. Uh, While he's doing this, his legs just get like ripped off as he sort of pulls his upper body through. It's it's intense and disgusting. Um, He's crawling over these eggs that we see. Uh, Nausicaa notes that it, it feels the crypt crying out that its eggs are dying. Eggs that would be their sort of replacement humans at the very end. In the um, new world, yeah. In the new world, yep. Nausicaa says, uh, I shudder at the depth of my sin. Uh, they were to have been a peaceful, intelligent people, not violent like us. Uh, and then she gives the sort of like final command. She says, Oma, she says, return this creature to darkness. Uh, Oma grabs the sort of center thing with all the writing and we can now see it. We, we zoom out a little more and we see that it's shaped like a heart uh, and starts like squishing it and light is pouring out of it. Um, Oma explodes the heart in his hand when it explodes the king sort of moves to protect nausicaa from the the explosion uh looks at her and is literally like i like you girl you're a chaos of destruction and mercy i wish i had met you a long time ago um the shot outside the crypt shows blood spewing out uh it's all kind of falling apart you can tell it's collapsing um asbel hops in the lift and is like i'm going to get nausicaa the Dorok ship that has Kashana and the others arrive. Um, 
there's lots of really good art here with Nausicaa and Oma sort of in the sea of blood. It's cool to think because that blood is blue. We learn a little bit later. Uh, Oma asks, like, am I a good son? Nausicaa says, Oma, I'm very proud of you. You are a brave... You are a brave warrior, proud and pure of heart, and you are so gentle. Um, maybe not, but it's, it's you know, merciful, uh, uh, merciful of you as, to say that. As far as a, a walking nuclear bomb program to destroy goes, I'd, I'd say he's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's like you didn't nuke that many people. Good job. Uh, yeah, you, you tried to talk it out. <laughs> you yeah. know what? Yeah. And then from here on, we are in... Uh, that's the climax, basically, that we just read is Crushing the Heart Explosions. Now we're in sort of falling action stuff. Um, Asbel gets Nausicaa out. Kuratawa comes down in his flying pod, saves Mito from the top of the crypt. Uh, the crypt collapses completely. Kushana notes that Nausicaa made it out. They're like, how do you know? She says, I can feel it. This is interesting to me because, one, I like Kushana. She hasn't been in this part very much, but her being in tune enough with life and nature to be able to feel that Nausicaa made it out feels like growth for the character, even this little last part. Um, she Nausicaa is sort of brought before all of the all of the people, all of the Doroks that come here. Her clothes are noted to be even more blue than her previous blue getup, uh, even bluer than the blood of the Yomu. Uh, the worm handlers are dancing, the dance of rebirth. We are told the scorched earth glows gold in the light of the sun. Kushana uh, tells Nausicaa that Yupa died for her sake. Uh, she says, don't apologize, don't say a thing. She says, we've all lost far too much, but it's over now. Everything begins anew. She says, your father protected me and took the full force of the crypt's light himself. The king and Kushana have a little moment where the king gives Kushana the throne. He says, I'm sorry. Uh, the king also gives her this really interesting advice. He says, the court is a pit of vipers and they suck, but don't ever kill any of them. He says, if you kill a single one, you will end up as I did, killing and killing and killing, and it's the only way to grab power. Um, Kushana essentially says, I'm, I'm not going to be the king. I'll be the king regent, which is sort of, you know, holds the place for when the king is there. Um, there's a cute little moment with Mito and Nausicaa where he says, look at me, I'm blue too. I'm not as blue as you, but I got some blue on me. Um, <laughs> Nausicaa notes that the blood of the Yomu and the blood of the crypt are the same. This, again, is another sort of repetition of life is life. It's all the same. It's all connected. Uh, Selm speaks to Nausicaa one last time, says, hey, let's keep that our little secret. Uh, let's, let's live entrusting everything to the planet together. Um, Asbel and catch a hug. Everyone, Nausicaa says, this is the end of the story, says, everyone, let us depart. No matter how difficult life is, we must live. Uh, and there's a little bit of a little afterthought here that tells us Nausicaa remained in Dorok until Chiku came of age. Uh, another legend says she went to go join the Man of the Forest. Kushana was a restorer of Tormekia and the king regent until the end of her days. And Tormekia itself hasn't had a king since. And that is the end of of Nausicaa, of the Valley of the Wind. So Great fucking story. Yeah, holy shit. So the ending, I uh, imagine is controversial. Uh, because It's a little weird, yep. It is meant to be controversial. You know, so. uh, Miyazaki intentionally painted that garden to just be like a parallel that shows how, how nice the things we have now are, right? Mm -hmm. Like music and culture and peace and all that yeah stuff. that's a good point and I... nausicaa effectively destroying that future 
it is like taking all that away. So that it's supposed to be a, an ending where our protagonist makes a hard choice that not everyone will agree with. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and I didn't even yeah, you made a good point there. I, I didn't even think about the garden being used as a way to tell us as readers that, Hey, we have music and plants and animals here. Why aren't you appreciating them? But I, but that's very much, I think what that, that means you said that. And I was like, yeah, that, that rings very true. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's kind of a show of what we would stand to lose with the decision Nausicaa made. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I think that decision was, uh, incredibly in character. And, it uh, all is thematically just so in line. If you read this and you're, I can read, I can, I can understand reading this and being like, well, that wasn't the happy ending that I wanted. But I don't think you can read this and be like, well, that wasn't the ending that the story needed. Because I think it, I think the whole time we've been talking about it, this is actually where we've been going, right? I, I think it's it's more or less a happy ending if if we think about it, because um, the best, I mean, Nausicaa had to spill some blood. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I, what she said was very in tune with her learned experience and the audience experience with the story. Uh, the best laid plans of mice and men never work, right? Um, yeah. it, That's the it quote just, exactly, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, word for word. Uh, yep. And it, it just, it, it's shown throughout the story. Well, it, one with the mold, two with how Oma functioned in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't even expect the humans to survive this long in the polluted world. It was supposed to be, uh, just the neo-humans that made it out. But right, the yeah. fact is humanity adapted. Um, there are, and of course, like you see throughout the wars, uh, over the ages that the crypt was being used for its technology to sh- shed more blood. And at the end of the day, like people are people. Our planning will only get us so far. Uh, we can't predict everything. So I, I think uh, it's it was a very self-important attitude that the people of the future, when they made this script, uh, they made it with the mindset of desperation and continuing their culture and species. But mm-hmm. doing so is, a, is like what Nausicaa said. It's a contingency plan expecting failure. It's more nihilistic than her point of view. You know, it's, it's having no faith yeah. that, that things will continue just fine and this is all the natural course it is right yeah it is it is correcting because they people think they know better than nature itself like than how life exists itself you know well and even and maybe more so even than people thinking they know better than nature it's i think more key to that is people separating themselves from nature while they make a decision like that right because i think the a lot of what we got even before this part, but especially in this part is the sort of life is life. It doesn't matter how it's born. Humans are a part of nature. Humans are life. The Omu, the sea of corruption, the forest, the plants, the animals, everything. And when you, I think a big part of it is that when you separate yourself as a human from nature, like the crypt, uh, the crypt people did essentially, right? They said, Ada, we'll let the nature run its course. We'll go be humans over here. Whenever nature's done, the humans will come back and then the humans will own the nature. Um, again, I think part of the garden, the fact that all those goats were sort of like, uh, under the command of the guy that, that rings wrong to Nausicaa because 
that is a separation of, of humans from nature. They aren't coexisting, like we said, right? The human is obser- uh, exerting a command over nature in that I am human, you are nature, I command you. And that's sort of the same thought. But all of that ties back to essentially that Nausicaa wants you to think, and, and Miyazaki, I assume, that you're a human, you're a part of nature, you are a natural thing. Separating yourself from that means that you instantly lose, every decision you make after you separate yourself from nature will be the wrong one, because you have to accept that you are a part of nature, you are a part of life and that cycle of life and death and everything, and trying to fight against that or trying to separate yourself from that is leads to all of the bad things we see in this story, right? Exactly. And uh, it's all the problems uh in this story come from humanity putting itself first and their right. own wants and desires first right and, and separating themselves from the nature and not saying and so yeah yeah and, and it's it's the same with the crypt it's a, a desperate struggle for where they want to preserve everything about the species as a whole as is um minus the bad things so they're picking and choosing and it's it's a selfish thing uh I, like it's very understandable to want to preserve your culture, but it at the same time it is also very much uh, everything else doesn't matter. Our way of life and our survival matters, and it needs to be this way in the future instead yep. of eh, fuck everything else that happened in the millennium where the world is fixing itself. Uh, we need to have all this, which is the garden and the culture. Nasaka mm-hmm. says, "Who cares about all that? We don't need that. We have our own." Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it's, and it's a big part yeah. of, again, because it's so thematically consistent, it's a, it's a big part of the humans separating themselves from nature and saying, well, we'll go be humans, we'll let nature run its course, when nature is done, humans will come back, instead of what the people who currently live in the world do, right, like the, like Nausicaa, adapt. like the people of the forest, they say, we'll live with the nature, and that makes us, I don't want to be like, that makes us better, but like, in the story's point, that does make them better, right, they have not separated themselves from their nature and so they are better for it rather than the garden and the crypt which have said nature's going to go to its thing we're going to go over here and be humans we'll come back to nature later and take it over and it'll be our thing so yeah it's like hey we fucked up we're just uh going to nap and redo with minus yeah. the mistakes we made last time and trust me bro uh yeah, yeah it, it, it is a fact it's just it's just a selfish kind of desperate perspective and Nausicaa sees it for what it is. And yep. within the context of the story, her decision is the correct one. Absolutely, yep. And I... It does suck there, but it's also like... She she even notes it at the end, right, where she says something like, uh, like, oh, the when, when the eggs are being destroyed, she's like, oh, these people were going to be peaceful and good, and we're not. The humans who are here now are warring and angry and sad and that's bad and she sort of recognizes that like uh, bittersweet's not even like a strong enough word for this because this is like again you are getting rid of what should be you know a perfect idealistic future for you know whatever you can build from the scraps of bullshit that's left behind after all this and and i think that that sentence is also more so nausicaa just uh, lamenting the fact that she has to take all these lives, mm. um, because at the end of the day, she like she still explained that human nature is human nature, bad and good. So these these future people will be just like the past people. It, it, 
ex- I mean, they may be different, but you can't change uh, the parts of what makes us human at the end of the right, day. Right, right. So um, let's... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, a few things I wanted to know. Um, this is the... this Her killing all those eggs is the callback to uh, the one clad in blue being an angel of death. Yeah. Um, I mean, that well, we mentioned and, earlier. And killing the crypt and removing yeah. the potential for you know, uh, perfect life later on. Quote, or whatever quote, quote, dooming humanity effectively. Yeah. Um, and uh, two, when we're talking about the crypt, yeah, it's like uh, it's just a human body. That is what the, the crypt is. It is a human body in building form. After they destroy yeah. it, it spews blood. It has a bunch of eggs uh, with humans growing in it, just like uh, a human would. Yeah. And it has a heart and all that. Yeah, and it was cool. I think that it doesn't doesn't really reveal to you that I guess you could guess that they're standing at the heart all at the end. But I didn't. It didn't occur to me because so much was going on until Oma grabs it and holds it up, and I'm like, oh shit, that's the heart of, and that's like that's cool. That's symbolic. I, I didn't, I didn't put it together until then either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, w- w- what did you think? Um, well, I think the big thing that I want to talk about because I called it out in my notes so much is this sort of essentially the idea of the yin and the yang, right? Which are, which is the idea sort of that in all light, there is a little bit of dark and all dark, there's a little bit of light and all good. There's bad and all bad. There's good. I actually think that all these conversations about, um, sort of nature and man kind of boil, boil down or are, there's a sort of a higher theme above all of that, which I think is this idea of, all sort of pure light and pure dark are bad and that the yin and the yang are the correct form of the world. 100%. I think this yeah. was, I think this is what Miyazaki is saying with everything he's saying, especially in this last part, right? I think he gets this last part and he goes, I got it. I know what all this means. I figured myself out. This is about, it's about the yin and the yang. It's about he, there being, you know, he knows about the yin and the yang. Like even like when Nausicaa pulls the, the dark priest or whatever into the light and he's like and the forest guy's like why are you letting him him in here he's a creature of the darkness and she's like oh it doesn't matter she's like like uh right it's part of me you know Uh, yeah she says yeah yeah, she says like well we're inside my mind aren't we right now so if there's darkness in here it's my darkness um Mm -hmm. but yeah but so it's cool to see that we're talking about all of this humans and nature separation and stuff and what that uh, what i think that all kind of boils down kind of to in this yin and the yang conversation is that Miyazaki is calling out that if you look at the like nature as the light of life right if you look at life as one side of the yin and the yang let's call it the light side because I think that's that's what the story says Um, humans are sort of the darkness inside the light but that does not separate them they are still part of life right they are the dark part of life, but they are still part of life. And that's kind of, that is the sort of the yin and the yang thing, right? Is that you can't have all I light, you can't have all darkness. So here, uh, light and darkness does re- represent good and bad. But I think moreover, what it represents is life and death. Yes. And um, he- here's what I'm thinking when it comes to that kind of state. is like, I think nature itself doesn't have those definitions because it doesn't need to. Life and death are just a naturally occurring part of the process. Right. Whereas hu- humans put them in buckets where like the creature of light is trying to mitigate death. 
by all means. It's denying death, as Nausicaa said. Yeah. Uh, with its plans, its concoctions, and effectively, uh, by running away, it, it is uh, failing the race, failing the human race, and failing the natural order. Uh, and that's that's a, like a grave, terrible thing in Nausicaa's eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas she is the yin and the yang, right? She accepts life and death, good and bad. Uh, as part of the natural order. So being too far into one side of it, being so obsessed with life or being a warmonger so obsessed with death, it, 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 both are human definitions and both are incorrect paths for our species or the betterment of the world as a whole. Uh, yes. That's how I saw it. Yeah. And, and it's kind of represented by Oma's uh, irradiating light. Uh, right. I mean, in this well, and that's too. the other... That's the other cool thing about this whole last part is that I don't think you can really say wholesale that all light is good, all dark is bad, or all light is life, all dark is death, because there is stuff like Oma's light, which is death, right? Oma's light brings death. That's like, you can just say it's, that straight it's up. Too, it's, you're, you're absolutely right with yin and yang. I think it's it's just too much of either, uh, yeah. and an obsession with either, it just skews the vote. You, you don't want that. You can't, yeah. I mean, the, the whole idea of yin and yang is that all all good or all bad is you, you can't say bad because you already said it. all good and all bad is not correct. You have to have the all the the bad things have to be tempered by good, and the good things have to be tempered by bad. The light has to be tempered by darkness. I mean, you can see everyone knows what a yin and yang looks like. I hope if not, Google it. You, you'll, you'll understand it. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean. Even as so far back as I think it was part five, maybe where or four or five, where Nausicaa's in her like sort of mental area fighting with like the full darkness dude, right? The zombie guy. He's full darkness and he's shown as bad. But then we also get Nausicaa being, I mean, Nausicaa's our protagonist, but she also represents darkness at the end here, which represents death. But that, that death is also shown as correct because. I- that I think is, she 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 represents light for the rest of the story, though. So I think for most it's, of it, it's yes. more so. I think it's more so a, a counterbalance. Uh, she represents the the yin when we all we have is yang, and uh, the reverse. She's the yang when uh, yeah. all we have is yin. You know, she's. I, I I think you hit exactly on it, maybe accidentally, but she's the balance. No, purposely. She's well. Yeah. I was just saying. You said you said balance, and I think that's the that's what Nausicaa is. Right? Is that Absolutely. we've we've commented since every part since the beginning that, uh, you know, I've said it maybe every single time I expected a Disney princess. And that is not what I got. Nausicaa is not because Disney princess is all good, right? A Disney princess can do no wrong is kind and good and is not a yin and yang type character. Whereas Nausicaa brings with her anger and violence and a, uh, willingness to go to war for the things that she believes in, right? A willingness to have a bit of darkness in her to pursue the light. And and I, I do think that in all six other parts, if you talked about, well, is Nausicaa light with a little bit of darkness or darkness with a little bit of light? You would say pretty wholesale, Nausicaa is light with a little bit of darkness in her, right? That's the sort of side mm-hmm. of the yin and the yang that she is. Um I think it's cool in part seven because I think in part seven, it very purposely, the story goes out of its way to show us that she is actually, she plays the role at least of darkness with a little bit of light in her, that she is actually more, uh, 
the god of death that she was maybe pro- prophesied to be right is that because she is she, if, again why the ending is controversial you could say she goes in and gets rid of uh she eliminates the chance for you know all these past people to live again all of these people to live in their future perfect world those aren't well, I think we both agree that those are sort of nuanced and thematically appropriate decisions for the story. If you just told me, hey, uh, the world burned down, some people created a way to rebuild the world, and then they're going to repopulate it with a perfect populace. Somebody came in and blew all that up. There is no perfect world now. It'll always be flawed. Would you be like, was that a good decision? You'd be like, no, probably not. Like, kind of... I, I would. I would argue within the context of her world, yes, um, yeah. that crypt was a net uh, is, was a detriment for the peace she was trying to create because it right. only provided the evil and power hungry with tools of war and destruction. Yes, well, in, uh, and that's what I was trying to say is inside the context of the story, it all makes sense, but outside the context of the story, the sort of decisions she makes and does in the end are. Evil. bad ending decision like they're this is if you're playing like a video game this is kind of a bad ending right the good ending is oh everyone wakes up and we're all happy at the end this is the bad ending this is or or maybe the maybe the neutral ending it's again it's the balanced ending right it's the yin and the yang ending it's not uh it's not everything burns down and the crypt continues and war is still bad it's not we all wake up in the perfect world and are reborn and get to have our clean air and our trees uh it is the well, let's see what happens. This is the sort of, uh, not the good or the bad ending. This is the neutral ending, which is why it's controversial. This is the yin and the yang. Well, you know, the 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 heart of the crypt spoke with a lot of gusto, but at the end of the day, none of their plans worked. And chances are, this wouldn't have worked how they saw it working either. Uh, life is too unpredictable, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Nausicaa is effectively just saying, living in the natural order. Whatever happens, happens. We've made it this far, even though we were all supposed to be dead a while ago. Uh, I And uh, good take. You know what? what? Whatever happens, happens. And yeah. I think uh, she has done a great job of fostering peace uh, amongst the people living in the world at the moment. So I, I have I have faith with, the, like, with that kind of ending that humanity just makes it. They yeah. make it uh, by, by changing their perspective attitude and kind of just uh respecting each other in the natural order more yeah and it is, especially with all the shit nausicaa did she is effectively a god to, to everyone there yeah and i mean it's also so one last thing I, I guess i can call out is that the the crypt guys at the end call nausicaa a nihilist and i actually think this is a pretty Nausicaa is a, is a pretty nihilistic preaching story when you think about it. Because if you think about, if you consider nihilism being, uh, and I'll just grab it from Wiki, right? It says it's a it's a views within philosophy that reject generally accepted or fundamental aspects of human existence, such as knowledge, morality, or meaning. Um, and I think that like the rejection of morality and meaning and is... That seems what this story, like we're talking about sort of like rejecting uh, there being good or bad, no morality, right? Is Did Nausicaa make a moral choice in the end? Not really. She sort of rejects the morality, right? Because I think the the true moral choice, again, kind of outside the context of the story, but also inside of it, right? The true more like 
the moral thing is to say, well, if a perfect world is possible, you should let that happen. You should do that. But she rejects that because she's literally a nihilist. So it's a very well, cool th- nihilist. I, I, I don't think she's a nihilist and I don't think she rejected morality. She just uh, embraced that there are good things and there there are bad things. Bad decisions. Like, and I, I think within like within her mind, she is she is moral because uh she sees them as nihilists, escaping from death, escaping, running away from their problems and trying to band-aid their solution uh, X amount of years later and saying, hey, we figured it out when they're the reasons this all happened in the first place. Whereas in her mind, uh, she she has brought peace. You know, she uh, the, the new rulers are not people driven by violence and ego. Uh, I, I believe from that angle, she views them as the nihilist, whereas the reverse could also be true from their perspective. She's the nihilist, you know, it's yeah. uh, I think that's what's interesting is depending on the perspective or side you agree with the other person, the other side is the nihilist party. Yeah, well, because um, the taking the moral high ground rejection of morality. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I do think that I do think that from Miyazaki's point of view writing this, I think that he's maybe not full nihilist, but I think that in in writing this and the sort of themes and all this stuff at the end, he is very much rejecting um, a sort of traditional human morality, I guess you could say. He's he's going against, uh, how do I say it? Oh, that much you're very much right. I, I, was, I was talking yeah. within the story. But outside of the story, yeah, I, I, you could say Miyazaki is this is definitely a nihilistic take on on humanity. But I, I don't think it is unrealistic. Like I, I feel like he str- he struck the core of humanity with this story. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's and even if it isn't, I don't think this story will ring true with every person who reads it. Um, and I think that's okay. I think that. I think that Miyazaki hit on the core of his own humanity here. I think he's tied to this art uh, in a way that not everyone else will be. Um, I think it spoke to you and me, and I think that's 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 good. I think there are a lot of people who would read this who don't uh, who don't agree with the positions, especially the decisions at the end. I think that's okay. I like like I was trying to sort of argue and say earlier. I do think you can make an argument that the decision that Nausicaa makes at the end is is wrong and bad. Now, again, the story around it has set it up to be the right decision, but that's Miyazaki is is telling you, Miyazaki is leading you to say this is the right decision by creating his story around it and showing you his perspective and his, uh, his point of view of the world. And so if you follow along with him and uh sort of follow him in his story then you go oh yes he's right because he's told me he's set up all of the pieces and let me know that he's right so when she makes a decision in the end i agree with it um but that doesn't i don't think that should make you as a reader say uh if i don't agree with this i'm wrong because i think it's okay to i think it's okay and good to disagree with what nasuka did at the end i think that's why it's controversial right is that and i i and it was intentionally so miyazaki yes. yeah. if he wanted to paint this as one-sided he very well could have but he intentionally made this a more complicated issue uh and showed the positives of what the heart of the crypt was talking about yeah and their intentions are just um good from their perspective they, they are just 
uh, in, intentions of preservation of themselves, their culture, and the human and of human like race. a healthy world. I mean, they're not. If again, sort of, if you kind of remove them from the story and you say, okay, the world came to an end. We are trying to preserve it and rebuild it and restart the world as a peaceful thing with all of the good things we had with music and plants. It's like that's not bad. You're not doing a bad thing there. You're doing a good thing. Um, but there's more context on top of it, and yeah, so. Yeah, and Nausicaa's a TLDR. She's saying, you guys missed the point a long time ago, and you are still missing the point. Right. The world is how it is for uh, your own mistakes, like you realized. But uh, yeah, your fix ain't it, Chief. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically how their, their little tiff went. Uh, whichever side you fall on, uh, I think it is just a very fucking strong ending. Because yeah. what I was worried about reading all of this is that this will be tied up neatly with a little bow and have uh, everyone uh, went back to the Valley of the Wind for a nice little party mm. kind of ending, you know? It, yeah. And it was not that. It definitely was not that. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this was intense. I think this is like all great art. Um, no great art pleases all people uh, is, is what I will say. I think that the the best and most lasting artistic works, stories, whatever it is, are sort of inseparably tied to their creators and to their audience that no art can be popular for all people. Um, so, Agreed. and that's kind of a, that's kind of what I guess I was saying about the whole, like, you don't have to, I don't, I think it's okay to not agree with the decision Nazca made to think that it was the wrong decision. Again, like I said, if this is a video game with three endings, we did not get the happy ending or the bad ending. This is sort of the middle ending. This is sort of the neutral, um, well, some good things are occurred because our main characters lived and they're going to have their chance. They're given the freedom, but some bad things happen because the perfect world is not an option anymore, right? They, they will and always hey, be. Is that, is that not the theme of the story? The first Exactly. Place? Yeah. In that way, that is the perfect ending. It is, yeah, uh, I mean, it's the perfect ending for, it. it is the correct ending for the story that Miyazaki told, is, is yeah. what it is, which is, which is what we were both afraid of, but was avoided here, because this, this is, well, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about it. I think there was just, like, so much nuance and depth to that, that whole series. Uh, I, I am struggling to find, like, issues with it. I, I, I don't have criticism. I have a I couple was, of some very minor criticisms. It was, but... I have gripes. I don't have like critiques. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh. I think some of these characters. Uh. Well, the last part probably should have been longer. Split into like another section or something. This this could have been two parts. So I th- every other part I think was like 120 to 150 chapters. This part is like like I said like 210 pages or something. So. Mm-hmm. And I I think um, uh, some of the characters could have used it. Uh. I I. God, what what is the the princess of Turamikia called? Uh, Kushana. Kushana, yeah, yeah. I think Kushana. Um, I was satisfied with her character because her arc ended in like part, part three six, or part, or part four. Yeah, five or six. Yeah, and she played a good a good addition as a supporting cast member, like all of the Valley Boys. Yeah. Um, I was kind of expecting her to be more of a like major player, but I'm very satisfied with how her character turned up. Asbel, on the other hand, I... That's a pretty I, useless character, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, 
I think he could not be in the story, and none of my feelings about the story nor the plot would change that. Much. Yeah, he, I think, exists because the first chapters of this were written in 1982-83 when they were also making the movie. And though I have not seen the movie, I assume that Asbel is much more of a love interest boy partner character to Nausicaa in that movie. He, he was, if I remember. Yeah, um, and I think that he can't just sort of be thrown away and forgotten, but... Yeah, it's and, and I think that's sort of the issue with this very last part is that you're right. It should have probably been instead of 210 pages, it should have been, you know, 250 page parts. Um, but at the same time, this is 12 years of Miyazaki's life. Uh, if he writes, you know, six more chapters, that's six months of his life extra yeah or whatever while doing ghibli work I guess. Well, yeah while yeah, while is... you know starting up work on princess mononoke which in my opinion is his best movie um so yeah it's uh, it definitely did need maybe a little bit more breathing room a couple of the characters are very just kind of shoved to the side like selm just shows up in like what part five and he's like the third most important character maybe the second most important character in the whole of part seven um and yeah, it's just he sort of asbel with selm in some way i don't know i mean selm uh, is essentially replaced by asbel i would say in the story as the sort of but, boy or, partner or character vice versa um yeah yeah but uh, asbel was there as a representation of dorok and uh just like um kushana was for toromachia but asbel got quickly replaced by kesha uh kesha yeah who got who replaced by Charuka. <laughs> oh, true. But uh, Ketcha did a far better job. Ketcha and Charuka, uh, uh, Chikuku, sorry, uh, and Charuka. Uh, they all did like a far better do- job at representing the Dorokian people than Asphalt yes. did, who just got written out of the story a little bit. Right. Um, but that is such a minor gripe. Well, I think it's, like, it's all a side effect of like, if I were to rank the parts of this story, I think my rankings literally go like, seven six five four three two one like i think the very first part is the worst part of the story and i think the second part gets a little bit better i think the third part gets better i think the fourth part gets better i think the, it gets it, better it and better so as it goes on how that works opinion. because uh i bet if we go back and listen to our part one thing we were very positive about yeah. part one uh and it's it's like just such a pleasant experience that it only got better yeah, well, and my one other big gripe, I would say, is that I think the first two parts here, I think the art there is a little bit more rough. Um, and uh, Miyazaki, mm-hmm. I think, has commented on this, and some art, other artists, I've read a couple articles that kind of commented on it, where they say that the early art in Nausicaa, it's very hard to tell characters from background, and there's lots of detailed background with the Sea of Corruption and the ships and stuff, whereas these later parts, the art, I would say, is much more clear, much more interesting, Um Lots of the art in here is super cool. There's only, I think, one spread page in this entire like thousand pages of manga, which is wild. Whoa. Because that's huh. like, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's also different because um, Nausicaa is specifically published on like a larger, a larger page spread than other manga, which is we talked about, I think, in the past where, you know, there's like 13, 14 panels sometimes on a single page, which you just couldn't fit on a normal sized manga page. So mm-hmm. it's it's cool from that, from an artistic thing. But yeah, the only spread page, I believe, is the like coming of the Omu with the, the Daikai show. And um, that's a good one. For I think yeah. that's in part four is, is where yeah. it is. But it's, yeah, it's the only spread. There's other sort of large panels that occupy half a page a third you know but like if something occupies half a page in nausicaa like that's a huge panel and we do get a couple of those but like most of the time it's it's much much smaller panels here so uh i i had expected um nausicaa to save the omu in some way 
Uh, yeah. I didn't expect them to all die and stay dead. And I thought that was really good. That was just that was just subversion for me. It's great. I uh, and I and I sort of expected when they talked about the Daikai show, I was like, oh, they're talking about the climax of the whole story happening. And it's like, no. And then um it, it's it's a really cool sort of I guess the best way you would say is like it's a very cool like multi-season story, right? Where you know, season you know, every season kind of has its own uh bad guy, you know, at a certain point it's the Tormekians are the bad guys and then after that the Doroks and then after that they're fighting against each other and then it's the Daikaisho and then it's um Namulith and then it's the Crypt. Like every sort of arc has its own it's a, it's like a multi-arc story that flows really well in my opinion. It, and it's like it it is never boring. Like yeah. there is the maybe the only part of it that I thought was out of place was the part with the new Valley of the wind girl. Yeah. New Valley um, of the wind girl felt like a weird chapter that. And then the, like the one page where it's like, I need to tell you how the sea of corruption works again because you've forgotten. It's been eight years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's well, a couple of like you know, super minor. I, things I thought that this. chapter existed to put like the, the fate of Nausicaa in our head, but, and I guess it did that, but I like the old lady was like, yeah, it, they're worried that the new Valley of the wind girl or the new child of the wind means that the old child of the wind won't come back. And it's like that, that was never really delivered upon. Yeah. Uh, so that chapter was just like, within useless. the context of the whole it, story was, yeah. It doesn't give us out. any new information or important information. Yeah. yeah uh, again, was, no, no art is perfect. I think I have critiques over every, all of my favorite things, which I think Nausicaa is now like one of my favorite manga. This is such I, I an agree. exceptional what, piece What I'm of doing art. right now is just scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah, for we got uh, what, well, yeah, because uh, like with things like this, I think it did everything right. So it like it's easier and faster to just talk about what what could use work mm. because it was so fucking phenomenal at every angle that it would it would be like another three hours if I yeah. if we I mean, had to cover everything. The sort of I like to talk about the sort of skeleton of the story being like the the story the story and the plot and the characters and all of that is so exceptionally good and perfect. And the sort of thematic elements, especially in this part seven are so good and so consistent and everything lines up perfectly and resolves the way that it should based on the way the story has been told that it's like, yeah, art's a little rough sometimes. Like who cares? Like I do not care that sometimes there's 14 panels and I can't tell what's going on. I don't care because it's so resonant. The theme works so well. The characters, Nausicaa is like easily the, the best manga main character maybe of all time. I think even though I may not rank Nausicaa number one, I think over my other sort of number one manga, she might be the best main character I've ever seen in a manga. I, yeah, it's, it's so incredible how I think no other manga I've read has chosen and delivered upon a theme. So, so perfectly because yes. Miyazaki just fires from every angle and her characters are so like his characters are so incredibly consistently written. Yeah. I think Uh, the only other thing that is as thematically consistent from start to finish as this that I've read is attack on Titan because attack on Titans, um, anti-war stance that it develops from chapter one until its final chapter, I think is, and I think that it's a little bit simpler than the kind of complexities that Nausicaa gets into, but I think that that's another one that's really thematically consistent. And I really, again, yeah. and Attack on Titan, I would rate again in my top five manga of all time, right up there with Nausicaa. So, 
both uh, both big anti-war sentiments. Um, yeah, a lot of anti-war in here. We didn't really talk about this, but there's a lot of just like stop killing each other. Like a lot of just a lot of uh, Miyazaki going through and saying, "Oh, all of this stuff about yin and yang and light and dark and humans and nature and stuff." And it's just like, but, but by the way, humans, like stop killing each other, stop war, stop fighting, please stop doing this. What are you doing? Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Life's hard enough. You don't you don't need to fucking gun each other down. Yeah. And like, and nature doesn't have wars, so stop having wars. Like, there's yeah. a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, very clear anti-war sentiment. Uh, he's got the kind of, I think probably the Japanese people of post-war, post-World War II Japan, I think they all just kind of felt the same way about a lot of things. I think they're all kind of vehemently anti-war, anti-atomic weapons for obvious reasons, right? Like those, and I think that that, I think that pervades a ton, a ton, a ton of art from the time. I know that, um... Tezuka, who does Astro Boy, I know that a lot of his stuff was anti-war. Uh, a lot of his stuff was kind of atomic age, but anti-atomic weaponry and that kinds of things. You know, Astro Boy is not built to be a weapon. He's built to be a boy that learns. And I, I, again, I think this is just a, I think this is a Japanese zeitgeist feeling that Miyazaki could not keep out of his store if he wanted to. The anti-war and the anti-atomic sentiment is just like, it's baked into the Japanese people for, you know, 60, for 30 or 40 years after World War II. And, and I, I appreciate that um, it, it was explicitly stated that, uh, like, yes, it had a, a, a lot of nuclear metaphors, anti-war metaphors, but it, it painted war very clearly that, it's just something that is petty and fought for uh, reasons that truly don't matter. Yeah. And, and violence. No, nobody and nobody is clean from it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we talked about, like, even in part one, about how it's like, oh, this is like like gross violence. Like, not like normal, you know, kind of shonen, oh, haha, a sword went through. It's like, there is blood, there's people getting cut in half. I like that it does not, it doesn't shy away from, do, like, making violence kind of make you, like, you know shulk yeah. back and be like that's that's gross yeah. that's awful because it wants you to and, feel that so and it's never uh it's never a, a japan is victim america bad kind of thing yeah um from the the nuclear sentiment uh just to clarify it is very much a, everyone who participates in a war which is all of humanity yeah is uh stupid for doing so yeah i mean the anti-war sentiment in general and this is you know attack on titan has the same take is that it's like no one there's no like we did a war and and came out better for it. Like everyone who participates or goes to war is bad. And this has the exact same, uh, this has the exact same take, right? Which is that like war benefits no one. It's not good for anyone. It only does bad things. Don't do it. It And yet there's no sort of like, you are bad for doing war on us. It's like, no, if we participate in that war at all, we are also doing bad. So yeah. I appreciate the, the, episode or the chapter where nausicaa went to war because out of necessity yeah um i like that part a lot too it's it shows the nuance where it, it's not just easy to say war is bad and humans uh shouldn't do it sometimes so you, you you get caught up in it. like sometimes you have to make hard choices that uh betray what you thought were the values you held and yeah I, so I, I appreciate that there was those segments too you know yeah. well um, it also is like it it speaks to Nausicaa is able Nausicaa the character is able to be anti-war because she has participated in war and has seen it and that gives her uh, power and proactivity to do that that other 
that a character that had not been to war might not have. And that's just smart character writing, right? You can have someone standing on a soapbox that has never been to Vietnam speak out against the Vietnam War, or you can have a Vietnam vet say, I went there, it was awful, we should not be doing this. The second person has more power, power of voice, you could say. So I think it's, right. it's a just perfect character thing to do, to be like, Nausicaa has to go to war. To be truly anti-war is like, yeah, she does. It gives her more power. I, I think that is also a good reason why when she walked into the uh, crypt at the end there, everyone stood aside, even though she was not a monarch. Mm-hmm. Because by all means, aside from a title, she she had power. She's she literally had, like queen had, of the Omu and like leader of the like religious Doroks. She's the religious leader of the worm handlers. She effectively reads, leads like 70% of the living world right now. Yeah, like she, she it is in everything but title. Yeah. She has earned her place there. And that's why everyone cuts their sentences short and just let lets her go by. Because yeah. she deserves to be there, you know? More than anyone. And even the king of Toromechia lets her do all the talking. The king of Toromechia is like, whoa, another king. And then is like, I will, and then like saves her life at the end, gives his life for hers, agrees with everything she's saying at the end. Yeah. And we are, again, we're like led to believe when we're introduced to this guy, like this guy's a shitter. He's going to be only bad. And another sort of joy, wonderful thing of Nausicaa is that we get characters like Namulith, like the king of Toromechia, where you're like, oh, this, like this guy's a complete awful douchebag. And then it's like, okay, he's not a total douchebag. He saved Nausicaa. He agreed with her. He, like, might have, and he sort of admits that, like, I did it the wrong way. You know, Kushana, you can do it better. Let me give you advice before I die. It's, it's very classic nuanced. V- v- villains with nuance. Yeah, exactly. 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 Classic, nu- classic yin and yang. Classic, all, you know, a, a dark black character with a little bit of light inside him. So it all exactly. it all comes back to that. I'm very I'm very sold on the yin and the yang in Nausicaa here being, like, the, the, the corest of core themes. Agreed. And on that note, I think uh, I think I've said all all that needs to be said on I think, uh, the series. Yeah, I think we have said a lot. We have said hours and hours on this series. It has been a wonderful ride, Gautam. Let's uh, let's be a little base and stupid. Give me a score out of give me a score out of ten, or no, give me a S A B C D E with some pluses in there. Give me give me a score. It is a good S plus. Is that the highest? S plus would be the highest. Yeah. S plus. Yeah. I think this, like I said, I, I agree. I, this, this, this is in my top, probably top three manga I've ever read and completed. Uh, you know, if, if we can't give this the highest score, then I don't think we can give any manga the highest score. You know what I yeah, mean? It I, is, I agree. It's this so is, fucking exceptional. I, yeah. No art is perfect. There's a couple little issues with it, but like, man, I, I don't know if I've read any art that is this thematically consistent in like a long, long time. Like this is same. Same, yeah. So so incredibly exceptional, awesome. Um, hey, you there. If you've come on this long journey with us, we do appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed Nausicaa, because uh, that's really the joy here. Even if you don't listen to us, go. if you've somehow watched this and have not read Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, go read it. It's way better than the videos that we record. So, uh yeah. Thank you again. Honestly, it it is probably better better than any manga you've read in a while. Almost guaranteed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again for coming on this journey with us. Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, We hope you had fun reading along with us, enjoying Hayao Miyazaki's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Give us a like, follow, subscribe. We always appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Adios. And hey, 
Don't forget to read more manga.